We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking emerging media, e-games, fintech, cannabis, and so much more. Without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. With three brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. There we go. He's back. He's back. <laughs> DJ Khaled. DJ. I'm going to have something on my side. Another one. Yelling. Let's figure it out. Let me give me give me like two more episodes. Another uh-oh, one. Uh-oh, uh-oh, another uh-oh. one. Another one. Another <laughs> one. <laughs> and what did you say, Phil? Uh, 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 skip, skip, <laughs> skip, skip, skip. <laughs> for, our, for our ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whiskey Hill. Uh, we're just you know diving right in. We've had some uh, hilarious times, and we're just going <laughs> just digging back on those. Uh, check just trying out. to put it on tape now. <laughs> just <laughs> A couple episodes ago, uh, I thought it was really big on Shannon and Skip, so I want to just tease him on that one. But uh, yeah, welcome, Skip. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> now it's coming to our text messages every time something, <laughs> something crazy. Skip, Skip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, what's the, how's, how's the week? How's the weekend been? How's the week? It's been great, man. AJ, you want to go? Or what's going on? You got something? Go. No, I, I, you know, just life, man. I'm going to say one thing. Uh-oh. I'll say one thing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Tell me. T- t- do it. Do it. No, celebrating Columbus Day, man. <laughs> and and uh, Indigenous Day. Uh, I had no idea when it flipped, that little slash in there, the Indigenous. So I'm going to celebrate both. I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> As an American, I'll celebrate the Indigenous people who've lived here for or forever and lived here before. Even when the Vikings got here and then... Couple hundred years when Columbus got here and discovered it after the Vikings already been here. Um, as a son of immigrants from India, where Columbus thought he landed first, <laughs> I celebrate that Columbus did not land there and did not have Google Maps or Garmin GPS in 1492. Oh, jackass. <laughs> uh, we all read what he's done to people here, you know, indigenous and American Indians. So that's horrible. Um, if he landed in India, it would have been the same. So crisis averted in that regard. But uh, <laughs> 500 years ago. <laughs> crisis averted. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Love it. Um, you know, like I just want to highlight what I posted the other day on my on, on the Whiskey Hue Instagram. Yep. Just like to highlight the king, LeBron oh. James, the GOAT. Oh. Uh, the GOAT winning his fourth NBA title and fourth. He's top five. In- Top three. Yeah, he's number he's one now. now. <laughs> I think. I think. I think the. I think the stats. The stats argument for MJ versus uh, LeBron fans has diminished tremendously. There's very little left for the MJ argument. Minus. I don't get there's it. A, there's a psycholo- it. There's a psychological term, and I have to talk to. I have to look it up. Um, where people just hold on to things from their childhood, the good old days, and that's part, most of the people who. who no, there's there. recency bias, right? <laughs> but, but but let's let, let's get let's get that man his, his damn respect at for winning the fourth NBA title in probably the hardest condition in a bubble away from family. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Ninety days. Who that's do you think was his toughest com- toughest competition this year? This in that bubble. Who do you think of the playoff teams he went through? Who do you think? I'm just curious. Here we go. Here we go. No, I'm not going to do an argument. Here I'll tell go. you one thing. I'm going to celebrate him because I've been saying since the bubble began he's going to win it. I wanted the Clippers. They fell off. But I've been saying that Clyde, Clyde can do it. Clyde can back me up on this. We go with facts. What I told my oh. wife is like, what I told my wife is, Let's I'm go not going to go. Let's go with no. facts. I said, I said, I said, you know, here's the thing. 90% of these battles are all AG just talking to himself. <laughs> 10%, I don't. And number two, we've already done this ad nauseum. We're not going to walk away learning shit. So well, I don't here, have time for it. Here, I got wife and kids and a couple jobs, so I can't here, do all this shit here, all day like you can. Here, here's the thing. I, I think I think I think But answer that I, question though. Who's the toughest I, competition? For this year's competition. Yeah. Um in the, the toughest in the playoff team. conference? Yep. No, just whoever he went through. I would say the uh the Nuggets. Okay, Nuggets. All right. Couple some young cats on that team. 
Yeah. Just hit a spark for this for this year. But uh, hold on, this year. Not, I agree. Hold on, I agree. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before before, as you say, as you say, like I I I'm talking to myself in these conversations. Yeah. I I don't I don't want to go down this path because clearly yeah. we got other topics to talk about. But business, and, tech, and, and culture. No yeah, sports. And, as, as, as 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 <laughs> tech, in our IG talk to Jelani, I think I think what we we really need to do is just you know have at it. You know, on a separate podcast where we're dedicated to that. Yeah. We can talk facts. I agree. Facts. I agree. We can talk facts. We've already done that, and there's no facts. I mean, there's facts oh, no, coming no, no, from no, one oh, side. Oh, oh, there's tons of, there's tons of, oh, there's tons of facts. But, but LeBron guy's been saying he's the GOAT since the first win in Miami. How do you win one finals when he was with Dwayne? They've been saying he's the GOAT since that first title. But, but I mean, come but, on. But Come on. Full, full, but since you know, you say I like to argue with myself on this. I, yeah, I, I'll let you, I try, I'll just let you I'm have trying it. To be, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be the bigger man. And let's go, let's go to the fintech topic of the day. Yeah. I'll probably just cut, I'm going to cut this out because yeah, it's going to be just, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got those people. Uh, so yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, AG, you know, he, he jumped right in there, dropped a bomb and walked out the room. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's how, you know, we, we kicked off this week. Uh, um, you know, champion has been crowned. Other sports playoffs is going on. Um, Cl- sport- Clyde's favorite sport. Clyde's favorite sport. What's that? Yeah. Baseball. G up. G leaguing up. Is baseball done? No, baseball's still going, right? Yeah, no one's watching that. No one. No one's watching baseball. I just saw some of the Yankees. The Yankees apparently aren't in there anymore. They fired somebody, right? All right. Yeah. So another shout out I'd like to give is Namik National. We held, we partnered with Sour 360 Ventures, our portfolio company for, I think it's the fifth annual. Startup showcase. Yep. And Clyde, you attended. What'd you think, man? It was yeah, nice. I thought, I thought it was dope. Uh, you had some really good companies that you uh, uh, featured. You know, tech startup companies, various stages, yeah. all good business models. It was hard to pick a winner. Um, yeah. I think. Who, tell me the, the winner again. So it was. Oh, good question. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. Future Stream. Yeah. Future Five yeah. Streaming app. Basically, I mean, he's partnered with your favorite top five little baby. <laughs> and he's got, yeah, he has. And they yeah, first yeah. concert he had, and they had a different model. And the reason I love, so I spoke with all of them. I got to know all of them in the last few months, right? As they kind of started doing it, and I, and the once they made that final round, then I really chatted with all of them. Mm-hmm. And they're all dope, man. They all have. A, I could see, as I said that day, up next music partnering with Future Stream in the future. There's a music ecosystem. Fan up is distinctly in line yeah. with what we brought up in another episode. Uh, sports, and I'm actually I'm looking to. I could write a check to each of these companies even personally. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about at least two of them. Um, yeah, maybe three. So like, uh, you know, Evolve, Evolve is one, right? Evolve's dope. They're doing yeah. something. Yep. We got to figure out the ad model. And we should talk to you about that, Clyde. Like, yeah. like how do you, how do they figure that ad model out? Cause that's yeah. the one question that one of my co-judges had when we were discussing it. And we've talked about it since. And I'm, sh- I'm chatting with uh, Priyanka and I think Shannon tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, you know, there's a, there's a lot happening there, and fan up, I think, could be huge. Future stream, turnkey, almost could be huge for post COVID too, right? Yep, yep, so, absolutely. More ways to monetize oh, concert. And one of the things that you know was exciting around the whole uh, pitch competition was we're eventually going to have them on the whiskey hill and just kind of dive deep. I know that was one of the things you mentioned during the uh, during the actual pitch competition. So be on the lookout for those. We're going to try to invite. Some of the uh, participants on to speak with the Whiskey Hill, tell their story, and then you'll be able to learn more about these pitch uh, competition, early stage companies, and uh, what they're doing and cool in the space. Diverse founders, yeah, with diverse founders. That's what we were trying to celebrate that day. Absolutely. It was dope. Good job. Good job on that one. Um, You know, before we kick off, you know, I want to talk about what we're going to be featuring today for the Whiskey of the Day with the Whiskey Hill. We're going to be featuring uh, another Irish whiskey. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start off with uh, we're gonna feature Green Spot Irish Whiskey. So that's one we're gonna dive into during this episode. Yeah. Uh, give it a shot. It's new for us. Uh, definitely new for me. Athul was the he recommended this one. So you know we'll see how it is, and if it's if it's not up to up to his standards, you know we'll let him know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking yeah. it so far. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's been a, it's been a good week. Um, you know, the market has been you know moving a little bit slow, inch by inch, up and down. Um, and you know, we want to spend some time talking about um, a space that's really being impacted by the market uh, from the standpoint of disrupting traditional business models. Uh, we want to spend some time today talking about fintech. Uh, fintech, it's uh, financial technology. Short acronym where it pretty much covers 
the uh, multiple sides of the um, finance and technology space, covering everything from payments to financial research to insurance, deposit and lending, investment management and crowdfunding, all with the digital space in mind. So what we want to do is spend some time talking about that today, uh, dive deep on, I think, Abdul, you mentioned episode eight. We kind of broached the topic uh, early on. You know, I think that was, uh, it seemed like forever ago. So, yeah. you know, if you want to dive into that, just get an early preview after you listen to this episode. So to see how our thinking has evolved, definitely do that. But uh, we want to spend some time talking about fintech today. We could throw on a few just kind of benchmarks as well, right? Yeah. Um, this is where the entire global population is heading. Because the cost of servicing humans for their traditional banking needs is sky high, just generally across the board, right? So if all banks could cut these expenses by even a third, that's like, that's roughly through digitization and other efficiencies like fintech brings to the table. You could cut out, you could probably save 80 to a hundred dollars a year per customer. Mm-hmm. That's huge, right? And then if you look just in the U.S., Small to medium sized, mid sized businesses are the, you know, SMBs are the area that they kind of explore. They try to partner with all these initial companies. And, you know, that's a $10 billion market here in the U.S., 35 to 40 globally. And we're going to probably focus on U.S., but the huge markets for this are Africa, Asia, Latin America, because a lot of business is done via cash there, right? And it's easy for them to like, right now we're, we have the friction here in America of, hey, we got the credit card. Why do we need this? Boom. We already have a digital way of paying somewhat. Well, mm-hmm. this is another, if you're dealing with cash, you don't have to carry cash anymore in these other markets. And I think we're getting there. So Venmo, we can tell about all these things have popped up a lot, but take it, Clyde, take it, AG. Well, no, no, go, go, Clyde, because I have my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and probably the biggest... Uh, Thing that accelerated the growth of fintech is the introduction of smartphones and smart technology. Um, if you think about a lot of these companies, it's pretty much removing the wallet out of your pocket and putting it in, in your phone. So giving you more ways to pay. And as these companies are evolving, they're they're disrupting industries that's been long and uh, just old, like your old big banks and figuring out ways to make and innovate. Um, there are some great companies out there like Chime and PitchBook and Acorn and Robinhood which play in a bunch of different spaces, Braintree. They all play in different types of fintech spaces, and we'll dive into that. But, you know, the thing that sparked this conversation was a more of a recent announcement of a, you know, a BBP, a black and uh, brown-led company that was just announced. Some of you may or may not have heard of it, but uh, a a new black-owned bank um, by the name of Greenwood, um, uh, Greenwood, which was uh, founded by one of the founders was uh, Killer Mike, uh, Michael Rinder, Rinder, uh from uh, uh, Run the Jewels, uh, Ryan Glover, uh, who's a, he's the uh, uh, founder of Bounce TV. And then um, also um, some Paul Judge, who's a serial uh, tech entrepreneur. So, you know, down in the ATL, they, they're really focusing on taking back the ownership of uh, black and Latinos who want to operate a digital bank and have it in their pocket. So that's kind of what sparked the conversation. There's a huge white space. And then uh, one person that I left out was a f- former. Poor uh, choice of words, man. Poor choice of words. I was like, literally. <laughs> Just a white space, black space, blue, space, blue ocean, you know, whatever. whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of opportunity and money to be made, but, yeah. uh, one thing I want to highlight as well is that former mayor uh, Andrew Young is also a part of the founder, the founders who um, who are launching uh, Greenwood Bank, uh, which is a digital space. So you know they're not the first, uh, definitely won't be the last. But this was so innovative because it's taking the model of thinking specifically about a target market to underserved Black and Brown people and giving them the you know the opportunity to bank uh, directly with you know a Black owned bank in a digital space, evolving the model. So there are other banks out there like Bank United. Um, the Carver Bank, uh, Citizens, Citizen Trust Bank, all black owned banks, you know, traditional models. But this is flipping that on its head and taking advantage of the fintech space. So this is what kicked off the idea. And then we're going to dive a little deeper into that. Well, so the, the one thing, you know, which is great about what's going on now with fintech and these digital digital only banks is that <clears throat> there's, there's details around it that make this uh, uh, opportunity like Chime, Greenwood. They're not actually banks, merchant banks, right? They're just a cover 
of, of, of the digital technology, which is great, right? So they have to get, they use charter banks to hold the deposits to actually offer these services, which, which makes the opportunity where Greenwood with this is great. Like, so he can have a, the, the, you know, the founders, they can have a target area that they want to focus on. Right. And put all the, all the information. They don't have to get the charter from the state or the federal government to, to hold deposits. They work with these secondary, mostly regional banks to, to hold the deposits, to hold all the necessary income. And those chart, those regional banks get, get some kind of revenue off of it. None of the larger top five banks do any of this, right? Like Chase, Bank of America, they don't hold, they don't partner with any of these companies. So, which is great. Not, I, I, We'll say that there is a company uh, that Goldman Sachs, um, they be all banks. They're ten. Oh, best shots, right? Oh, twenty years, okay. twenty years ago, they were tops. But yeah, you're right. They're, they're not in the top five anymore. Well, no, are, no, are they? Ten, are they tar- technically a bank though? They're are they technically? Good question. But you know what he's doing with Greenwood Capital? So he is. They're holding it. So they partner with regional. You're right. Maybe. No, no, but you know what you're one thing. So they're, they're, they're coming in with heat, but they're going to bring a little bit of heat because they're going to bring regulation. Once you start collecting deposits like Venmo, it's peer to peer network transactional, right? Let me send you some money, send me, but it's backed by a bank, partner bank. Green was actually going to accept deposits because that's going to bring regulations. So the most, two most regulated industries in the world. Yeah. Healthcare sure. and finance, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of cool though, because they're going to keep it. They're not going to go huge, but they had a ton of signups, I guess, when they first, I think it launches yeah. next year. Like tens of thousands. Yeah. Good, for, good, good for them. And they're going to take money from anyone as far as on the back end to then partner. Cause we, we talked about this episode eight, which I didn't, I put in podcasts. Hey, fintech and our, our thing came up like, Oh, we talked about fintech. <laughs> so that's, episode, <laughs> that's when I found out we did it. I forgot. And, uh, so it's going to be kind of cool that, you know, we talked about this, that that's how, keep these young banks and and older banks kind of being large players in this space. Um, Cause there's a lot, that's what the traditional banks make a ton of money on the fees overdraft stuff. These guys are doing it. The young cats, like what Greenwood's trying to do and all chime and all these cats is coming. Let's come in with this new technology, reduce those inefficiencies. Yep. Yep. We won't deal with the headaches, but Greenwood's kind of taking on some of those headaches as far as accepting deposit, which is kind of dope actually. It just, so it's kind of a very nice hybrid model. I would, well, why would you, you know, again, I'm not a financial uh, yeah, I don't understand the finance industry perfectly or at all. But uh, why would you hold on to the deposits if you don't have to? Especially with the compliance issues that still are out there from what's it, Finra? It's a whole turnkey of just a bunch of new revenue. So if you can, that's where you can start charging fees to hold for check. Yeah, that's that's the only reason you do it, right? Gotcha. And that used to be the model before. Now they're opening like one new bank account a week in these traditional. You know, you know, book, brick and mortar type cats, whereas online, boom, you saw what they did in Greenwood. Boom. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, they're launching until January of next year. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're just making it, you know, much more accessible for people who are underbanked and underserved. There's a huge population of people who are underbanked, underserved, um, going to check cashing spots, um, you know, don't have bank accounts. And this is taking away that divide of how people are losing out on money by paying those fees and they're just kind of taking away that if you think back to you know it's a it's a it's a old school example but the rush car rush car was essentially oh we talked uh, about this before you got on Clyde. Oh, okay <laughs> yeah early yeah yeah it's a rush car it's like a modern day rush car uh in some shape form or fashion where you know now you're taking away the big bang middleman and you're depositing checks directly there you have it your funds in your app and then they're taking it to the next level having the ability to do more specific banking actions like loans and um, yep. uh, financing. And the thing that's going to be dope about Greenwood is that they're going to have uh, a whole pay it forward approach where they're going to be investing in nonprofits and doing small business grants and, you know, feeding families and everything else. So, yeah, so like, yeah I saw that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so Four it's families for each new account or something like that, right? That's yeah, dope. exactly. It's kind of like that um, Tom's or, um, Warby Parker model where, right, you know, you, you buy something and they give something on your behalf, mm. um, which, you know, people have found to be truly successful. Yeah, it's like you sign up when you open up an account and when, once it officially opens up, you can just green light that. I think it's like $5. I don't know if it's $5 a month or something like that that goes into feeding through a, a separate mm. program, which is outstanding. And there's something yeah. with the United Negro College Fund, I think, also. Yep, or something like that. But I, I, it's a great, great I I I love it that you know now we need some more BBPs in the in the yeah. online banking space because and there's a whole bunch of other guys out here just killing it. Phenomenal timing too, right? Because this space has exploded, right? You yeah. you mentioned Chime, 
Yep. Private company, for, oh, Clay, like they just raised 485, 500 mil from VC yep. space, 14.5 billion valuation. That's 10x up from just a year ago. Wow. Right. And so they're in a value is 900% higher than just March of 2019 when they, I think when they just first came on the market. That, that's incredible. <laughs> so, um, and they're, and they're profitable. Right. So let's flip this to like, you know, Greenwood, I think with that other model could become profitable quicker and, and, and quickly. And the Ven uh, Square, this is, I, they IPO several years ago. I don't, I, probably at least three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Four years, if not more. Not too much longer than that, though. Uh, they just became profitable this year. So these companies, and this is all your space, Clyde, um, the customer acquisition, mm-hmm. it's the network effect. That's what you want to build. You want to have like Venmo. Let's take them. I'm Venmoing everybody right now. I, you know, you know, with kids, you're Venmoing at least eight, nine things a week, man. You know, yeah, cannabis, absolutely. Soccer lessons, this, that. scooters. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so and we're all using it, but it's the network effect. Oh, are you on Venmo? Oh, you're on the other app. Okay, well, I got to get that app. Well, Venmo already, they're trying to, the network has exploded uh, and that's what you want. So you want to spend a lot. So they're going to be, a lot of these companies might be in the hole for a while and that's part of the that's part of the game plan. Yeah, because, it's a loss leader. It's a loss yeah. leader. You build up your, um, um, your base of customers, you drive growth and then you get to a point where that scale really starts to pay off and then you turn off like the spending um, and then you start to be profitable quickly. You know, the whole thing is yep. capture as much market share as possible. Then from there you turn on the, uh, um, then you turn on the gross margins and start moving the, moving the needle or you sell it, um, sell it to a, you know, a larger bank who's looking to get into the space and, you know, everybody walk away with a lot of money. But, you know, from my point of view, I don't think this is something that they're looking to, to sell. Because it's, you know, the whole mission around is being black owned or brown owned and, you know, you're serving the population. So it kind of wouldn't fit that model. It's kind of like BET being on the Viacom. You know, yeah. you kind of lose that. Uh, you kind of lose that luster <laughs> once you go, once you like, you know, black, black entertainment produced by Bob, Bob Backish. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> and then you got the original founder. He's like. Go with the leader and do it with the devil. I know more. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Who's come out on tape and shit on my community. But that's right. That's, that's another story. <laughs> right. My, ch- my check has been cashed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Bob Johnson putting his, uh, the black people back. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Google that one. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, I think that they need to keep that, um, motto in there so that you can keep the black and brown community, um, showing the value. And then, you know, you can, have opportunities, you know, eventually go IPO or have new ways to just be a, a good, small, medium-sized business where maybe you're not $14 billion uh, valuation like a chime, but let's say if you're $4 billion valuation, you drive jobs and, you know, uplift the community and do all these great things. I think that has a major impact, especially being um, focused on founders in this space. I think a great play for Greenwood after five, six years down the road, they partner, actually, they get absorbed into a black-owned banks, a larger black-owned bank. So they could better serve because you can better scale, better, better reach. And they might have some more innovative products, which would make it appealing for the larger bank to partner with them. I think that's their play. Uh, it should be. I should be on their board. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that's well, I a good think, play for them. Yeah, I think the I think the key for like I, you know, what I, I looked into Chime, I looked into those like Stash. Um, what, 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 what makes these guys so unique is how they are targeting a, a, like a demographic, right? So Stash, Chime. They offer something unique for someone who's young, right? Who's in their early twenties. They want their cash two days before, before they're initially supposed to get paid. So they offer these early deposit kind of uh, services. So that's the key. Like, like we talked about, like, what is it that's unique outside of like one, the loan option, like giving mortgages to, to black and brown communities that, that really need it, that they can't get from the larger banks. Um, what are the discounts? What are the, you know, all the nuances that come with them? that kind of uh, those lending situations. That's the key, yeah. right? That's the key for those underbank communities. I know I, I've seen people <laughs> growing up. Shit, my, my first paycheck. I tried to, I tried to, I, I went to my first paycheck ever from a, a job. I went to a check cash place. My mom almost smacked this nonsense out of me. She's like, if you don't open up a bank account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they take a cut. See, that's that's yeah. one big problem with those cash. Pay- Even the Russ cards are like mass- that. Massive cut. It's, it's like, like 10, is it, I don't know what it is, like 10, 8, 10, 12, some, something's absurd. I, it's so it's so long yeah. ago, but it felt, when I when I kind of remember it harkened, it, it felt like it was like a 
a third of my paycheck. That's what I felt like. Wow. No, it wasn't that bad. It, 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 been that it, bad. Was, it wasn't that bad. I think that max bad. is like, it wasn't that three, bad, but that's what it three felt Three to five like percent. But you know, those small increments is just enough where you don't care. But just <laughs> give me a free t-shirt though. <laughs> right. <laughs> free t-shirt. Um, yeah. 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 So. It's, it's, it's to the point of the fees too, right? It's the fees, like yeah. making sure the fees are sick, fees man. Drawing you. And that's what happens with underbanked communities is the, is the overdraft fees that prevent people from wanting to use them because yeah. they don't want to, they want to be able to access their cash any way they want to, any time they want to and whatever amount they want to. And the amount portion could be dangerous, but. And this takes time, but if you can condition yeah. communities, right? So this comes as this big in immigrant communities or lower income communities, if you can train them to not need their money before the cash actually hits the check account. Let's not try to have to have it two, three days. Train them to utilize their money appropriately. And that's hard. That's easier said than done. Because some families are not immigrant families. Lower income families are not in a situation where they that's an option sometimes. But if they can be trained over time, like train meaning like, hey, let's learn financial literacy. Maybe four or five years down the road, boom, we got this. So I think Greenwood, I think Killer Mike, what he's trying to do, I think there's going to be some financial literacy involved with this mm-hmm. as well, which I think we should partner with them because I think that's a huge space and I'm talking like race agnostic in the millennial generation, Gen Z, even, you know, I'm slightly older than millennial. I'm like, hey, a lot of people, our peers do not know financial literacy to the full extent, right? So we got to get, sorry, man, I don't know what my kids are doing over there. I think that somebody's getting hurt, but who cares? <laughs> Two boys, they'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But to your, to your point, uh, AG, you talked about unbanked and, you know, thinking about the stats is there's, there's essentially 55 million uh, people in the U.S. unbanked. Uh, roughly around 22% of the U.S. population uh, from a household perspective. And in certain black and brown communities, it's over 20%. Uh, that's really startling. Uh, people who are, you know, cities like my 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 home state, Detroit, uh, Newark, um, certain parts of uh, Hialeah, Florida, uh, parts of Texas, the Bronx. And these are areas where, um, you know, they're majorly unbanked. And in some cities, it's size 40%. Um, like Atlanta had 40% unbanked residents, which is just nuts to me. Um, so, you know, this is going to make it's, a big difference. It's a trust factor. I think about my grandmother who, who mm. used the bank, but she also made sure she put money under the mattress. Because yeah. like, there was, she was like, I need, to, I need to be able to access my cash when I need to ac- access it. She was also a different generation of banking, right? As of yep. before, before the over over usage of ATMs, right? There was yeah. where you actually had to go into a, a a retail bank and take your cash out. Yeah, um, so it was a different world. And that's and a bank point. runs back in the day. Bank runs back in the day, yeah. right? When people yeah. when they thought finance and banks were about to collapse, people would run and get their money. But you, as we know, they take one, they take in X amount of money and they lend it out at ten X to make ten twenty X. So if everyone comes at one time to get their money, the banks didn't have it. So yeah. I, I understand that approach. Let's keep someone on the mattress in the microwave behind, behind, behind the coffee in the freezer. You know, so. <laughs> Give an eye at secret spots. A piece I'll, of wood on the floor, pop it open, toss the cash. <laughs> I, and look, I'll take it a step back even further because this is probably where your grandmother uh, was was impacted. And probably her stories from her elders was around Freedman's, Freedman Savings Bank. Um, it was a bank launched after after slavery where, you know, a lot of the people who were freed from slavery and the U.S. government launched this like this Freedman's Bank where, you know, instead of getting your 40 acres and a mule, which they never gave to us, they say, you know, what, we're going to launch this Freedman's Bank, Savings and Trust. Uh, the government is going to back it, et cetera. And uh, we're going to help you, you know, get loans, do everything else. Essentially what happened was they put a, you know, non-BBP in charge. He pretty much looted the bank, took all the money. A lot of these black and brown people were pretty much they fresh out of slavery. They lost a lot of their life savings by putting it in the bank. What they tried to do was they tried to have um, uh, Frederick Douglass come in and run it. But at that point, all the money was gone and it was um, um, it was definitely gone. So, you know, I think that has been taught over generations and oh, yeah. why people are just mis- uh, they, they don't trust. Uh, banks. So that's one of the big things that, you know, I make sure, you know, people keep in mind and why that unbanked number is so high. But, you know, we're talking about fintech. But I just want to drop that little gem in there. Well, yeah. So and I, and I think that's that's the beauty of what Greenwood could do. Right. Like Greenwood can kind of take that and add or add the layer, add that layer back to a certain community, to a, to a particular demographic of trusting this institution. 
right? We have your deposits. Yeah. If you really need to take it out, you can take it out. But at the same time, we're going to do, you know, like, like the larger banks do now, like, Hey, if you want to take a certain percentage off the top, like if your discharge was a dollar 80, dollar 80, we'll toss 20, 20 cents into your, into your savings account, doing stuff like that yeah. can help out over periods of time when you, when you, when you're not focused on that minute detail. The problem, like you mentioned, the fool was the idea of like, Hey, for lower income communities, the do- every dollar is needed. Now, yeah. how do you, how do you work that? And I think a, a, a group like Greenwood can establish that trust over a period of time. It's not going to happen the first week where we're like, it's going to fr- first month, first year. It's going to take several years of, of great work yeah. to, tell, to tell the community like, hey, we got you. Oh, and at the same time, we're selling, you, we're giving you a mortgage. We're giving, we're helping you out here. We're helping build your credit. All this stuff will help out. With there's with that trust factor, a complimentary product with this. That's it, the third partner is a media tycoon, right? He sold something to Scripps, I think, for like three hundred mil. I saw. I think he's the third partner in there. Ryan Glover. Yeah, yeah. So and it was like two ninety three, three hundred mil, something like that to Scripps Networks, right? So he Damn. knows media obviously well. So I can see a complimentary, completely different industry, less financial literacy programming. At some point, maybe you do it and for that, for the community, right? So that could be another option too. And that, that could be another, and with Killer Mike, his, you know, his brand awareness, especially that could be some huge opportunities here outside of just banking, but bank, that's, that's, that's a great move. There's a lot of companies like QuickBooks, Cash, right? Um, Shopify, it's like a, they got a layaway for their services, right? They got, they partner with a firm, buy now, pay later type of thing. Uh, so embedding payments into the system. Lemonade, we know is insurance tech, right? Um, and do either of you use ins- lemonade? I'm thinking about looking into it. I've heard it's. In- <laughs> no, it's I Here's the sucky part. Okay. When I was at that startup years ago, I interviewed at Lemonade. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, they were the same. They were at the WeWork down uh, down in Fida. Uh oh. Oh God! All that equity, huh? Oh, all that equity. Oh. It, could be, it could be a, a Monaco on your boat with your with your ascot right now, huh? Ascot and now with my little wet Chandon, man. Pan- Patagonians uh-huh. and stuff. Vest. Patagonia. Um, that's that's the VC vest. That's the oh, yeah. joke we always make. Yeah, you heard how Patagonia didn't want that want, want these guys to wear it anymore. <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, lemonade. I, I don't. I, I've told a couple people I know who rent. Um, in different places in the city, like I'm like, God, if you don't have rental insurance, you, you can go State Farm or you just real, you know, State Farm, whatever other company, but make it easy. You go to Lemonade, get at least some kind of coverage. Yeah. Like how many, too many people in uh, rental situations do not have like rental insurance, yep. which is crazy to me. Don't uh, even think about it until you really need it. And then it's like, oh, damn, should have had that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. Exactly. Because, yeah, you know, the, the the insurance side of uh, of where you're living is mostly thought of from a home insurance when you own a property yep. as opposed to your rental. And that, Lemonade has made it quite easy. They I do auto insurance, too, right? Yeah, they've jumped into just about everything, right? Yeah. I'm going to check them out. Yeah, because man, I'm, I'm, you know, oh, before this, I was only driving seven, eight thousand miles a year. Now I'm like driving like two. You know, I'm trying to take road trips just so I can get some miles on the damn thing. So I'm like, why am I paying all this money for insurance? Because we live in a we live in a densely populated area, so we're paying like New York rates, right? So it's, it doesn't make sense. Um, I'm gonna leave one other nugget. Amazon One, have you heard of this? No, what's that? So Amazon Go stores, you know, you walk in, it scans yeah, yeah. you, boom, you walk out, right? Mm-hmm. Boom. That's what they're trying. Basically, hey, they want you to shoplift because you're going to pay for it anyway eventually, right? <laughs> so they got this new biometric device. And I just read about this as we were doing stuff with this. The first time you go into one of these Amazon Go stores, you put your, you have, you have your card, your Amazon Go, whatever card, mm-hmm. and you connect that with your palm on a, on a reader one time. And then from the next, every time you come after that, you just, to pay, you scan your palm because it's easy because it reads the pattern of your veins and maybe your fingerprints. I don't know. And so it can identify you and you just walk in, walk out. So Amazon one. So that's the, it's, it's a kind of dope, right? And can you imagine, you know, get this into mass transit airports? I was using it when we were in the UK last year, we were using our iPhone to pay for, we weren't using pulling out a card, any kind of bullshit yeah. in the subway system. We were using that, you know, it, it's great, man. There's so much more further advanced than we are here. 
Yeah, you you use that thing. You put your fingerprint. On it, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because what the what the crazy part is, like you know, it's like looking at the puzzle. Amazon's yeah. like Amazon. Amazon's like one of those thousand piece puzzles that you put together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got you got to see the you got you got to pull back and see the macro view. They they got the that that wrist uh, band that they're yeah using wearables right have been around. Yep. Yeah, they they, they launched that to kind of give you insights into your daily life. <laughs> then we're gonna go to Amazon Go stores where you put your fingerprints up. Yeah. <laughs> so now we got your fingerprints, your biometric readings. We tied it all together. <laughs> it's, it, like I don't know. Listen, I'm not trying to be. A no, you're bringing up a great point, man. Because we we it, touched upon this a couple of episodes ago. Because remember, Apple, Google, they know where you are any time of day, pretty much. Apple with the yeah. phone, you, it's with you all day. They know, hey. You're at some girl's house you're not supposed to be at. Boom. Your wife's going to find it. If they, there's a blackmail component to this at some point. <laughs> Amazon didn't have that. You get on, you get on, you know, like, you know, they know exactly where you're at. So if you feed that to insurance, oh, this guy drives at this rate, you know, because iPhone's on you. They can sell all this information to anybody. Amazon didn't have those touch points. All they had is you going on there a lot to buy items at night. During the day, whatever, when you're supposed to be in a meeting, I'm, I'm going to zoom in, but we'll pop over here and buy some gymnastic equipment, right? But the, what they want is that wearable, so they've got you 24-7, so they can start tracking you and getting better data on you. Well, what's the name tracks you tracks you everywhere, and that's Facebook. Yeah. Facebook, yeah, Facebook and Google. I, delete, Facebook, I don't even have it on my phone. Facebook's Pixel, you have to you have to damn near wipe every device because they drop a pixel and they have these agreements with other, you know, websites that kind of had those pixels on their site and they yep. share your information. It's called cookies. I've been by purchasing <laughs> advertising on that for, for the last couple of weeks. And this guy, it's amazing <laughs> the level of information and data you can get uh, for customer targeting um, based on cookies and IP address, uh, specifically cookies, because, you know, a lot of people are working from home. So if you were using IP addresses, you just, you just highlight to the office. But since everyone's working from home, you're just doing your cookie. You know how you go to those, different websites and you have that little bar that pops up and say accept or don't accept. Most yep. people don't look at think about it and look at it. They just pick the stuff. I, I don't I don't accept it. But you have to well, that that came from the yeah. UK laws, right? Because yep. yeah. they, they did these publishers they didn't want to you know yep. set it up for just US versus the um first first the EU, et cetera. And GDRP. Yeah the G, yeah they That's just it. like yep. it. Yeah. All those sites, the majority of those random sites you might go to where there's like researching uh, and they pop that up I'm like nope. I'm just going to try to, I'm just going to kind of read around it. I'm going to read the first three sentences. That's all I need. <laughs> I'm going to read around it. Hey, you know, all the headlines, no demons. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Sentex, yeah. It's He's like, you heard it. Oh, so, so I see the ones that pop up, the ones that pop up on the bottom uh, third of the screen, like at the bottom, I'm like, oh, I just got to keep on scrolling up. I, I, it might take me a little longer to read, but I, I'm not going to have all you guys <laughs> planting these damn cookies. He come in, he's like, hey, man, did you hear what happened to the, the 49ers? You're like, what? He's like, I can't tell you, man. I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, hilarious, hilarious. So, you know, with, with FinTech, you know, I think we're getting down a good space. And I wanted to uh, highlight a couple of things while we're on the topic where you know, it's, we talked about, Athul, you talked about the perfect acquisition target and something that came up of late. There was a merger of two major black banks um, to, to create the first black bank, first black led bank with over a billion dollars in assets that was just launched. Uh, I think it was in the summer. It was um, a black bank called uh, City First Bank. And then there was another one um, that was highlighted. Uh, where was it? Where was it? Uh, Federal Bank. They combine their assets, one from L.A., one from Washington, D.C. So, you know, you're thinking about partnerships. I think that would be a natural progression yeah. to uh, e- expand because, you know, fintech is much more than just the small banking piece. It's moving everything digitally to all these different uh, technical spaces by leveraging finance. So, you know, it's a huge market, huge opportunity. I would uh, uh, welcome to hear your, your guys' talks. No, it's music. It's it's amazing. So you know, I, I'm not going BBP really. I'm going like, hey, Visa is a company. We talked about this in that episode eight. Plaid, the data data the data backend for Venmo, Square, Chime, Robinhood. All of that is on Plaid's platform. Visa acquired them for like five, six bill earlier this year, I think. So that's and they get access to Visa's global play, right? You know the big dog in this space is so the big big dog, and it's going to have an IPO next year probably. It's coming out of China. It's a spin. Yes. I was going to get to that one. Go ahead. Okay. Either way, Ant. Ant. Ant from Alibaba, right? Um, the yeah. listing in Alipay. Shanghai. And um, measured by cash raised, they'll probably be the largest IPO in history, history bidding out 
Saudi Aramco last year, 2019, which was massive. So there, you know, they could be as large as JP Morgan, which predates the 1800s, man. It's like 1750 or 1780 when it came out. JP Morgan, when it launched, uh, China's on group launching in 2021. Gonna have it's gonna be the same market cap as JP Morgan, which is a couple hundred years old. And they already have a billion users on their payment network. Um, and 16 trillion in transactions just last year. So it's huge, it's massive. Yeah, go ahead. yeah absolutely. Give me to take your guy. Give me nah, to take that's good. That's good. No, Ali Perry is uh, making that move. And Ant, like you said, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. So uh, good curious name. to see. Good name. Good name. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, you like that? No. <laughs> Go ahead. I got nothing to add to that one. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> right there. Oh, man. There you go. He only read the headline. That's all. GP. <laughs> like, I know that. <laughs> so, a couple of things I want to close out on about FinTech that uh, I think is worth highlighting how FinTech is pretty much uh, inspiring and reviving a lot of entrepreneurial ecosystems. From three main points, one is it's it's helping with financial inclusion, um, giving giving these companies more ways to be in spaces where traditionally it was it was uh, more barriers to entry. They're lower financial cost and then increasing uh, confidence of, of these smaller businesses and also individuals as well. So I think it's it's definitely helping uh, in that matter, and I think it's changing the game from how normal people are banking and and, and figuring out ways to drive. Um, and use their their capital for this finance technologies. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is how um, you know they're saying a lot of fintech companies are really leading the way around environmental sustainability, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Um, specifically because you know you think about finance companies and banks, what does that have to do with planting trees and <laughs> and everything else? So. You know, I think a lot of these players are really thinking about ways that you get rid of a lot of waste that's been in play if you're doing everything digitally. Um, So, you know, there are a bunch of different opportunities, getting rid of debit cards, doing a lot of things, banking online. So there are a lot of upsides that's coming off of fintech um, that, you know, is kind of hidden. So, you know, I think it's one that we definitely need to keep watching. Look at all the major companies that, you know, are fintech space. Some are going public. Some are still private. Look at them from a perspective of investing, um, if that's something you're you're into. But then also, you know, change the way that you're doing business. You know, go away from the big guys. Uh, you have more uh, opportunity to have close relationships, and you know, your dollars command more respect. So, those are some of the things around fintech that get, that gets me excited, excited, and ones that I am and um, ask the Whiskey Hue listeners to take a deep deep dive into a lot of the fintech fintech uh, conversation. That's right. Thanks, man. Nice. nice. That was, that was, that was like you jumped on a soapbox for a second. Oh, 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 oh. I like that. I like that. I like having that. D research, AD. D research, AD. That's it. GPDR, <laughs> baby. GPDR prevents me from doing my research. <laughs> you must have read the second paragraph. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, FinTech, FinTech, FinTech has always been one of those spaces. I'm like, because there's, because there's so much to it. Right. Yeah. Not just online banking. But what's 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 interesting and I would love maybe we, we should put a you know, someone who's like really an expert in that space to understand the blockchain element of mm. the transaction side of it, right? Where whereas how these transactions get uh get verified. Which a lot of them aren't even using it yet though. A lot of no. them aren't even using it, right? But yeah. Well, well most most companies are even the big boys aren't really using it. Like they're it hence why it takes so long for some of these transactions to get verified yeah. uh, between banking institutions. So it's it's quite inter- interesting. I think it's a great opportunity. I, I'm I'm still just I'm I am excited about Greenwood. I am excited about um, the opportunities of depositing your cash in a non big five or four yeah. or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, and the way that uh, Wells Fargo reported today, they may be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, so they're the only one though, right? Goldman, City, J.P. Morgan beat. City and J.P. Morgan went went down. <laughs> Goldman went up a little bit, but um, so well, the beat expectations is what I meant to say by that. But uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in this space. I, mean, I think a lot of these are gonna. What's gonna happen? They're gonna gobble these guys up like Visa gobble up Plaid. They're gonna be coming in and gobbling them up because it helps. And I think that's a good idea. It helps the, the big guys play in the emerging space and offer better quality services globally versus in niches. Yep. I would love to see who, who, who gets the groups like stash and, 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 or cash yeah. app. <laughs> cash app's not a big one. Cash app, <laughs> I think cash app is a part of PayPal. 
Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. Venmo's a part of no Ven, I don't know. One of these is under some big cats. Ven, Venmo, but yeah, Venmo's uses Bancorp from my understanding. Yeah. The funny thing about PayPal, they were spun out of eBay and now they're worth like 10x eBay. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, uh Elon was a part of that too, man. Elon. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this has been a good conversation. Uh ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our thoughts on fintech. Before we get out of here, we have two things that we want to want to touch on. One is our whiskey of the day. You remember? Uh, oh, you remember. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I remember. Oh, okay. You thought I was going to forget, huh? <laughs> nah, uh, yeah. So today, whiskey of the day is the Green Point. Excuse me, Green Spot Irish whiskey. Like Green Point. That's yeah, Green Point. That's part of Brooklyn, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> Green Spot Irish whiskey, uh, mid market level whiskey, where you know I thought it was pretty tasty. Been sipping on it throughout this episode. You can find it in most retailers. And um, for me, the flavor was a little bit fruity, uh, not fruity, but floral. More floral, and uh, one of the flavors that I that I found that was pretty. Uh oh, yeah, yeah. Phil. Here we go. This is your, go your recommendation. Phil. Dwight Howard characteristics. <laughs> oh, oh man, oh man. It, it, it definitely has it definitely has a, 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 a like a citrusy taste to me. I don't know. What yeah. So my buddy recommended this, right? And he's on uh, um, huh? Huh? Go ahead. No, it's your two S, and then what you, what you and then as you're reading about it, you can say, "Oh, it says elderflower." I don't even know what that is, man. Elderberry, like, elderberry. It says. No, it says elderflower. I'm like, yeah, what elderflower. So yeah, it's, elderberry. it gave me hints of uh, Saint Germain. So Saint Germain is a uh, whoa, whoa, car. Whoa, whoa! You got Saint Germain just chilling in the house, man. <laughs> I just tell you, man. You know, you're like, I, I thought yeah. I, I, this guy's. In, I, I can see you now. I can see you now with, with on a Friday evening. You're over there at your at your bar in the basement <laughs> next to your podcast equipment, making the special drinks. <laughs> I can see, uh, honey. Do you want the Saint Germain? You want the Saint Germain? <laughs> I know someone that could just come and blow it all up. Lady Dinks. Other flower sounds like something in my pink tights. What? <laughs> I was kidding. No judgment. No judgment. Anyway, go ahead. Man, man. that's all I got. It was uh it was an interesting flavor, a little bit floral, not necessarily what you're expecting in the whiskey, but uh something if you're looking for something that's a little bit lighter taste. Uh, it's, a, it's a go for me. No, it was good. It's good. It's it's, it's, it's smooth. That's what when they when they say long finish, then it just means smooth. It's not blumped and abrupt. I'm not gonna leave you <laughs> six blocks away from your house and just leave, right? <laughs> I'm gonna take you over there. <laughs> Some good shit. Oh, <laughs> anyway, all right. All, right. all right, yeah. So before we head out, we want to do one of the most exciting parts of the episode uh, is shit you should know. So you know, we'll see who's ready. Ag, are you ready? Are you yeah, ready? I got, I got something. I got something. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Since, uh, since you know, this is more of me uh, taking a, the the soapbox. Um, you know, I, I like to call out you know Congress. In the Trump administration for not getting a, a, a stimulus package done yet. Um, this is well. It's it's you know what? The, oh, Congress. The, okay, Congress. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Congress. No, I heard Congress. Um, that's my bad. I'm like Nike. What? Okay, my bad. Go ahead. No, no, because I, I feel I feel my issue is with you know the bailout, the potential bailout of of our airlines, where they're looking for what fifty to fifty four billion dollars when you have the, every well unemployed Americans out here struggling to pay bills right now after that extra stimulus ended at the end of July where the airline companies have won 50 billion for somewhat kind of, I don't know how you describe it. Their buyback plans were kind of reckless in a sense. We're left them oh. with a little uh, less, less cash. Absolutely. You know, what, what is it? American airlines have what? $12 billion in buyback since 2015 Southwest eight and a half United eight and a half Delta 10. And they're looking for buybacks. And they, when you add that up, that's roughly what they're asking for, mm, yeah, for from from Congress to for for the, their bailout. So, but in the meantime, ah, we don't want to give people the stimulus money because you know, hey, we want them to go back to work. If their jobs to go back to, yeah, they will go back. Yeah, um, and we didn't have this thing called a pandemic going on right now where you just have people wandering in, into uh, places. But I'm off my soapbox, and that's all I want to say for shit. No, the shit. job loss. Congress on it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just going to accelerate. 
at going forward, right? You saw Disney and all that, so it's just it's just going to get worse right now for a while. And, Our and, and, economy, and, and, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're completely spot on, man. Like the that bailout plus like rushing the Supreme Court thing versus let's focus our efforts towards these bailouts. I'm sorry, towards these checks for the people that need it, right? Um, I, I'm, I completely agree with you. Uh, anyway, I could jump since I'm talking. All right, I got I got three because you know one, two. Three Pete. That's why I like to roll. Oh, <laughs> Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Rock legend. One of the greatest hits of all time. Jump Panama. Clyde doesn't know this guy, but um, he collaborated with the other MJ Goat, Michael Jackson, and played the guitar solo on "Beat It." Many people don't know that. So I'm like, all right, he, you know, Clyde. You know, Clyde only listens to music after 2015 because he's a Gen Z. <laughs> medium shirt and his skin fit shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was All right, my second one. Jamath Palipatia. We talk about him a lot, oh, right? Um, and so it's going, he's go, he's releasing SPAC after SPAC. So his thing is, I'm going to go through the whole alphabet. He said that. SPAC A, SPAC B, SPAC C, all the way to Z. That's his plan. And he's already, he's, I think he's on C or D already, right? Because he's long and he's strong. Down <laughs> to get that friction on. I don't know what the hell. He's on <laughs> like, hey, SPAC, man. Um, and then last one, coming to America, Eddie Murphy, man, Arsenio Hall. Uh, uh, it moved from Paramount to Amazon in a $125 million deal. So I don't know if they're going to, if that's going to be like a Disney, what did with Mulan. If you're a prime member, you have to pay up to get it. it and it's launching this December because the Paramount had it and it with all everything going on in the movie theaters. They wanted somebody to see it. Um, so that kind of dope. That, that was a smart ass acquisition. I think, I think, I think that one was so, that was, that's a smart one. Cause wow. Good job. Amazon. Yeah, Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams—they were my childhood, man. <laughs> Comedian-wise, anyway, go ahead, Clyde. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I think that's great. And, and Amazon, like you say, it's it's that ecosystem. They don't care about losing the one twenty-five. That they'll probably never make that money back on the uh, on the on the movie. But you know, just to get people more interested in Prime, where they can get you know same day or two day shipping. It's just advertising costs. It's marketing. Wow. It's Prime Day right now. They made that in the last ten minutes. Anyway, I told you guys I, jo- I joined. I finally joined Amazon Prime like uh, a month and a half dope. ago. It's kind of dope. Yeah, because I've been because re- I, I, I like to buy and pick it up as I go, and then I started doing it with Whole Foods and picking yeah. up. Oh my god, game changer! I now see the issues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to just touch on one uh, quick, quick thing, uh, which is Google uh, Black Founders Fund. Um, they've been awarding dollars for the last couple of weeks to a lot of up and coming businesses. Um, I just suggest Googling Black, excuse me, Google Black Founders Fund. Um, there was, you know, Warner Robins um, won like $50,000. There were two companies out of Philly that was back in Atlanta. They did uh, a couple of weeks ago in early October. They uh, awarded roughly around $5 million in funds for just different organizations. So just want to give a shout out for uh, Google and their Black Founders Fund where they're backing all these startups in various locations and really trying to inspire the next generation of leaders for uh, tech startup companies. So Google Black Founders Fund is one shit you should know. Nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Whiskey Hue. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you listen to us on all platforms. Give us a rating. Um, thank you for your time. Peace. Peace.